0: Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox.
1: Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for all the latest news tips techniques and strategies to put you on the path to financial independence through investing in real estate and if you are going to be in the southern ohio area over the course of the next couple of days you have not one but two opportunities to attend some of our local non real estate investors association meetings tomorrow night at Cincinnati RIA. The earliest meeting at 6 o'clock is about how to get your deals to the closing quickly with Stewart Title Company. And the main meeting at 7.30 p.m. is Why Self Storage Investing Rocks with Dave Manka a local investor who invests in uh, self-storage units and is going to share his experiences with that. You can get more information about how to attend that meeting by going to CincinnatiREIA.com. That's Cincinnati dot com. Tonight, of course, is the Greater Dayton Real Estate Investors Association meeting, which is held up at Sinclair College. There's um, a national guest speaker that's going to be um, doing the meeting to this evening, Andrew Cordell, who is going to talk about uh, change capital and cash flow, how to create it. You can get more information about that meeting at GDREIA.com. That's G-D-R-E-I-A.com. And tonight in the Cincinnati area, the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati's monthly wholesaling subgroup takes place at Foley's Restaurant on Benson Road in Reading. Again, more information about that at dot cincinnatireia.com Cincinnati, Our topic this evening is investing in self-storage and uh, perhaps not coincidentally my guest this evening is uh, a fellow who mentored our speaker at Cincinnati, RIA, uh tomorrow night uh, Mr. Scott Meyer who is the owner of Alcatraz Self-Storage a nationally known expert in how to invest in self-storage, and a uh, featured speaker at the 2012 OREA National New Real Estate Strategies Summit. In fact, Scott has one of the Thursday all-day workshops that many of you listeners pledged to receive at our pledge drive the other day. So we thought we'd give you a little preview. Of what Scott is going to be covering all day on Thursday, November the eighth. Scott, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
0: Hi, Vina. How are you?
1: Very good, Scott. And yourself?
0: I am doing fantastic. Thanks. Glad good to talk to you again.
1: <laughs> you too. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Um, now, Scott, I, uh, I want I want to start by you sort of telling your story about how you got into what is, let's face it, sort of an unknown niche in the real estate market because mm-hmm. you began like many of our listeners intend to or already have uh... in residential properties so how did you get from there to here
0: yeah well you want the short version or the long version
1: <laughs> it depends it depends on how long the long version takes
0: <laughs> <laughs> well uh... yes like uh... many people i guess uh... had the, had the same path started out with the carlton sheets home study program and uh, bought my first um Uh, first single-family residential rental with uh, no money down, and uh, fixed it up, rehabbed it, refinanced it, pulled some cash out, and went out and bought two more. And then I had um, several properties that were uh, cash-flowing a a small amount until uh, I realized that uh, economies of scale really wasn't on my side and that the more houses I bought, uh, the more tenants and toilets and headaches uh, that I bought along with it. And so I thought, well... It'd be easier if I just, you know, had gained even more economies of scale and having a manager run this. So I'll just go buy some apartments. And uh, that's all that I did was just multiply it uh, tenfold. And so um, yeah, realized uh, very, very soon uh, that, um, you know what, I, I love real estate. Best way to creating wealth and, and cash flow because we can borrow money to buy it. We can use leverage. Uh, they appreciate and value if you do things right you can write them off for tax purposes for depreciation and so for, you know for those three things real estate is the best avenue to invest in period bar none you can't beat it but the three things that were taking me to the place where uh, I almost went bankrupt was the fact that I had these uh tenants and toilets and trash and people could um steal from me oh wait a minute I mean the, the courts call it non payment of rent I believe is what they call it uh, and they can uh uh you know destroy my homes uh, oh I mean the courts call it um uh, excessive wear and tear and they could get away with it, and, and, and literally it was uh, driving me to the poor house. And so I thought, well, how can I eliminate that? Um, still stay in real estate, but but eliminate those three things that have taken me to the point where I'm about ready to quit, and that was uh, to invest in self-storage because it is real estate but without the tenants and the toilets and trash. So bought the first one, saw the light, and uh, sold all the rest, and that's, uh, that's all we invest in now.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, in case there might be somebody on the planet who doesn't understand what we're talking about when mm-hmm. we talk about self-storage facilities, yeah. uh, w- w- what is it you're investing in?
0: Well, if you've uh, been driving down the road and you see uh, an industrial building probably built out of steel or concrete and it's got a steel roof and uh, big bright uh, orange-colored doors or maybe green or red, it uh, looks like a whole bunch of garages all in one place with a fence around it and um, an electronic gate, and maybe even a little kiosk, which looks like an ATM machine out front where people store their stuff, or if there's anybody that hasn't watched Storage Wars or Auction Hunters,
1: <laughs>
0: um, that, that's what those are. They're facilities where people can store their personal belongings. Uh, they have uh, the right to get it. They're the only ones that have the right to get in and out. They use their own personal locks. They put their stuff in. They pay us uh, each month until they're done storing their stuff there, and then they move it out. They're essentially these bunch of metal boxes on concrete slabs that um, that we rent out to folks that need it for a temporary or for a long-term basis.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so how how's business?
0: Well, business is good. You know, the industry actually thrives during a recession when people are downsizing and individuals are downsizing we see an uptick in occupancy. Um, so it, it works in both economies. It's, it's inflation-proof and recession-proof because when things are good, people buy more stuff and they need room to store more stuff. And when the economy uh, uh, hits a little uh, bit of a, a, a hiccup or a, a nosedive like we're in right now, yeah, it actually does even better with um, uh, businesses that are storing their excess inventory and copying machines. And we've got units that are just filled with cubicle equipment and all kinds of uh, industrial equipment that people just won't need until the economy turns back around again, so it's um you know we're we're kind of sheltered, no matter what the economy's doing mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. now when we come back, we're going to discuss some of the realities and practicalities of self storage investing, like what is the best type of self storage unit, how does one get the money to do these things, and so on. We also want to invite listener questions. If you're listening to us on the radio, you can call us locally at 772-9658. If you're listening on the web, you can give us a buzz toll free at 877-772-9658. Or if you're going to get fired for listening to a real estate show while you're at your job, just send us an email, askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones Cox. My guest today is Scott Meyer, owner of Alcatraz Self Storage, also one of the featured speakers at the 2012 OREA National New Strategy Summit. Now, Scott, I'm going to—I I, I considered long and hard before saying this on the radio. We were—we were offering like a spectacular uh, pledge for OREA. Uh, thing at the fun mm-hmm. drive last month 158 bucks for all 4 days so wow. 158 bucks for your all day plus the 3 days of the main convention which is like half of what you would pay if you went to the OREA mm-hmm. website and it accidentally got left up at wmkvfm.org the p- yeah. the pledge form is the pledge form is the, i just noticed it today it's still mm-hmm. up there so uh, if somebody still wanted to do that Still wanted to pledge $158 and come to all four days of the convention here in Cincinnati on November 8th through 11th. They could do it until Dave has time to take it down. Wow,
0: uh, yeah.
1: what a deal. I know, I know. It was supposed to be fun drive only, and here we are, you know, three weeks later, and Vena wasn't paying attention. So it's <laughs> still up there. Yeah, Um. <laughs> so there are, uh, anyone who has sort of eyeballed these self storage facilities and thought, Wow, I wonder, I wonder how people make money doing that. Have probably noticed that there's all kinds of them. There's, there's, there's little ones that have five units. There's great big giant ones that take up acres. Mm-hmm. There's multi level, like, like you see some that are old converted warehouses that are four or five mm-hmm. stories. There's heated and there's, there's ones that are made specifically for like boats. And it, it just, you know, just like the residential real estate business, there are options mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're looking at self storage. Uh, where are where are you and your students finding the best deals within those categories?
0: You know, our our, our sweet spot is really to try to find these uh, facilities uh, or locating these facilities. They're kind of in in, in the secondary markets. And so, in other words, they wouldn't be in Cincinnati in the metropolitan statistical area, so to speak. You know, they'd be kind of in the in, in the suburbs or the, uh, the you know the villes and the fields and the uh, the, the smaller towns that are just outside of that maybe in the path of progress that are uh, heading out that direction. And uh, we we like to deal with, we find a lot of the mom-and-pop owners out there. We find a lot of facilities that uh, maybe are on four to five acres, and they have room to expand still. They only have buildings on two or three acres. Uh, they may be a little bit mismanaged. They may not have all of the profit centers that we like to see in self-storage. And so we, we, we look for value-add opportunities, uh, bottom line. We're always looking to create value. And that can that usually those are usually found in the outer lying areas. So we we like facilities that are right around the, the 200 to, to 300 units in size um, that we can yeah we can manage with a manager part time or with a, a a kiosk and then build additional buildings and build value into it that way. Our students are looking at anything in between. I mean we can pick these up for twenty five thousand dollars for a ten unit self-storage facility and so some folks that have either just starting in the business or if they've had a few single-family rentals, they're like, geez, that's less than a single-family house and whereas in a single-family house, if I lose one tenant, I lose 100% of my rent Mm -hmm. and in a 10-unit self-storage facility, if I lose one tenant, I've lost one-tenth of my rent (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I can still continue to keep up all the expenses and really no dip in in the uh, income stream. So, yeah, there's, you know, multiple niches within the niche, and uh, it really just kind of depends upon what people's passion are. Some folks are doing just boat and RV storage. We've converted big warehouses. Other folks are building uh, totally temperature-controlled uh, warehouses um, on their existing land or behind their apartment complexes or behind their retail strip centers that they already own. So it's just a very, very scalable business and very flexible. If you can find some empty space and be able to put up some type of storage and then uh, offer it to market it to, to lease, I think you're going to be successful because of the, the amount of money that we see
1: per square foot that we can charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you've, you've, said, uh, you've said a couple of times, uh, you know, business business Mm -hmm. and this clearly particularly the way you like to run these things it it's it's not a real estate investment in this it's truly you're you're buying some some you're buying a business that happens to require real estate as a Mm -hmm. uh, as a, a, a a basis for it and you mentioned that there's more to the business than just hey dude here's a lot give me a check you got this mm-hmm. five by ten space or or whatever uh what are what are when someone when someone takes one of these um under managed facilities mm-hmm. where that is mm-hmm. all that's being done how how can they make more money than mom and pop did
0: Mm-hmm. yeah good question good question well, as you know, it doesn't matter what form of real estate we're talking about. I'm going to treat it as a business because, well, I'm an investor and an educator, such as yourself, and these aren't hobbies. You know that you need to treat it like a business. I don't care what you're investing in, but yeah, we we take an approach, you know, similar to the Michael Gerber approach, which as he writes about, is we treat it as a franchise and we put our best business practices in place. And we manage and uh, tweak the system, and the system runs the business. So that, that starts with having solid management policies, uh, but mostly but a heavy focus on on the marketing side. It's you know it's amazing, you Nina. Know, when when we meet with these folks um, and when we start to do our due diligence and our homework on a facility, you know we'll, we'll shop it. In other words, we'll, we'll first of all we'll drive by it and see what kind of signage they have, and if do they have any signs out front to let anybody know that they're open for business and renting units, and then we, we call. Uh, we look for a web presence and we call. And many times there isn't a website. And if we call and nobody answers and there's no uh, message or if we leave a message on the voicemail and nobody calls back, then we know we got a management issue and not really a property or a location or a market issue. We'll research all of those as well, but we can pretty quickly determine you know how we can turn these uh, around. But, again, we just look for opportunities to be able to then create the value beyond that. Um, but it's, it's really a function of a, I mean, let's face it, it's a commodity. When people are looking for storage, they're looking for something that's close, that is clean, has nice curb appeal, and is uh, competitively priced and safe and secure. And so they'll Google and start looking for facilities near their house. And, you know, if you pick up the phone or if you have a website that allows them to rent it online, you're going you're gonna to be miles ahead of your competition.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Scott, I know you you can't teach your your all day seminar in the you know forty eight minutes we have together on the radio, but uh, just one one of the things that that I was sort of impressed with when when I took that all day was you you take it even even beyond making it easy and convenient and manage you know uh, managing it correctly like answering your customers' phone calls for instance. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, you you had I don't even remember how many. Extra things that you you attach to your self storage facilities that mm-hmm. that make you mm-hmm. money and make it easier to rent from you than it than it than from the self storage mm-hmm. facility up the the streets. I believe you you have a way yeah. of vending locks for the units. Mm-hmm. You have all all mm-hmm. sorts of cool things.
0: Yeah, there are. There's uh, we've identified over forty plus profit centers that you can add to self storage, and so. You know, there's there's huge opportunity in this in this asset class to invest in to be able to add the value and force depreciation and create value um, that you can't in some of the other investment vehicles in, in, in real estate. And one of those is, yes, using a kiosk, uh, which looks like an ATM machine, and it's um, kind of similar to, I guess, probably the best example now is a red box. If you've ever rented a movie at a red box, um, you can rent a self-storage unit at a kiosk at our self-storage facilities in the same fashion, the same manner. There's a couple extra steps. We'd like to see your driver's license, and we'll take a picture, and uh, we do get your payment ahead of time, and you sign the lease at the bottom. But, yes, it also dispenses locks down at the bottom kind of like a vending machine. So that is – you could say that it is a a way to be able to create value because we can capture all those folks no matter what time of day. We can rent them 24 hours a day. We can also capture our late fees. uh, But that just sets us above the rest of the folks, and that's in addition to – uh, adding retail sales of lock boxes and moving supplies in our offices when we are open. And a truck rental is, you know, probably one of the easiest. Most people see the U-Hauls or the Penske truck rentals at a self-storage facility. And, uh, you know, for instance, one of our um, one of our students down in, in, in Texas, you know, bought a self-storage facility and called up U-Haul and said, you know, we'd love to have your program down here. And they, for no money, entered into the program, started having their manager, who was already sitting there at the desk, leasing out trucks, and they received, within a few months, they were getting as much in rental truck commissions from U-Haul as they were receiving in rent at their facility. So mm-hmm. essentially, with no other investment, just utilizing the manager's time, they were able to double the value, double the income and double the value at that facility just by adding truck rental. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on and on.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So by by exercising some creativity in okay, what else can I sell these people? How can I make it mm-hmm. as easy as possible mm-hmm. for them to pay me? Uh, yep. You've you've taken what is uh, um, a business that I think has been largely divided between great big national companies mm-hmm. and little bitty mom and pop owner mm-hmm. of one self storage facility that they built on their farm. And mm-hmm. and sort of made it um, accessible to the to the guy in the middle who may, maybe wants they want, wants enough of these to have enough passive income to to quit their job or at least be able to quit if they want to, uh, and mm-hmm. yet not have to have bazillions of dollars and be a big national company. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, then go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead.
0: Well, that is, uh, that is exactly what we've uh, done, and uh, most people think that, uh, well, well, at least what I thought in the beginning, is how can I get into this business which looks so great when all I see are the big guys, you know, the public storages and extra strays and you store it and all those around. Uh, but when I dug in a little bit further and found out that, you know what, the big guys only own 11% of the industry, of all the square footage of all the thousands of units out there, the big guys, the corporate guys, only own 11%, which means that all the rest are owned by mom and pops that we can go out and, and invest in. And a, a perfect example, which comes to mind, well, because it's so fresh, because you just mentioned it, was David Benka. He came to um, our organization, and he came to our three-day event, and and he said, here's my goal. He said, uh, I have, um, uh, there's a, always this threat because my, my job is... Based upon government grants, there's always this threat that I could lose my job and and, and I could wake up tomorrow and not have one. He said, I want to get into something where I don't have to worry about that. And so he said, what can I expect? We said, well, here's what we look for. Here's our business model. And within uh, probably 90 days, you can get into a self-storage facility and have $5,000 a month in net income. And lo and behold, he took us up on our challenge and he went and bought one that had exactly $5,000 a month in passive income. And then he went out and bought his second one. And he did all that, having a full time job. And so now he can walk away um, if he wants to. He's already within two self storage facilities for his income. If he wants to walk away, he can. He has the flexibility to do that. Um, but for now, he's not. He's, he just took a promotion. He's moving and he's got extra money to be able to buy a nicer house when he moves. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> so it works out in the end.
1: You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Our number's here in the studio. If you have a question about self storage investing for Scott Myers, 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658. If you're listening to us on the web or just send an email to askvina at com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. And my guest tonight is Scott Myers, who is, um, golly, when you think self-storage expert, you kind of think Scott Myers, that he's... he's I don't know that he's got the field to himself, but he's certainly the best known uh, self-storage expert in the United States and uh, one of the very, very, very few who teach um, real estate investors how to get into the self-storage business. Dave, I gather there's sort of a big business teaching uh, commercial investors, people who are already used to doing those sorts of evaluations (laughs) and getting that sort of financing how to do self storage, but uh, you 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 typically go out to the to the RIA groups and say, "Hey guys, I know you love your houses, but you ought to look at this," and I think that's unusual mm-hmm. in uh, yeah. in your industry. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, we have a question here from Nikki, who is in Alton, Illinois. She said Scott gave an example early on of being able to buy a 10 unit for $25,000 I can't imagine though that the 2 and 300 units are properties that we could buy with the cash in our piggy bank how are these typically <laughs> she says how how are these typically financed my understanding is that the commercial finance market is going through a transition right now
0: well first of all it depends on how big your piggy bank is but uh, second of all <laughs> Uh, well, all markets are always going through uh, changes. However, what we've seen is that with, with storage, it has the low self-storage has the lowest loan default rate of all commercial properties out there, hovering right around the seven percent mark right now. In other words, seven percent of self-storage loans um, get into distress or are troubled, versus. Around 50%, the 50 to 53% mark, depending upon where you look for apartments. It's the next closest uh, competitor, if you will, in asset classes. So, uh, when banks are looking to finance and uh, dole out money for investment properties and you bring them a self storage deal versus an apartment deal, uh, given that information alone, you're going to have a heck of a better chance and the community banks, the savings and loans, and the credit unions, they all love this asset class. They're just not lending in other areas, um, but they will be lending, uh, or they are lending, in self-storage facilities. Uh, Take it one step further, there's a SBA loan that allows you to buy a self-storage facility. Now these are the bigger ones, which you're looking at. um, The program is for facilities that are in the 500,000 to 5 million range. They will finance up to 90% Go up to ninety percent LTV and allow a ten percent seller carry back. Um 90 plus ten equals one hundred percent. So there are no money down deals to be made in self-storage, but um that is that that program is only available for self-storage because even the SBA realizes that this is the safest asset class out there that they can back, and that program is not available for any other commercial real estate asset class except for self-storage. So um, those alone ought to tell you that um, this is a this is a market and an asset class that is uh, much easier to finance and private lenders for the same reason private lenders are looking at uh, investors and developers to work with them because they look at those same metrics and the same information that uh, is accessible to you and I on the industry
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Nikki, thank you very much for your question. That is always the question with uh, real estate investing these days. Where's is, the money? Where do we get the money? And it sounds like uh, sounds like some of the loan programs available for self-storage are much friendlier than some of the loan programs available for uh, more typical residential real estate investing. Uh, now, Scott... He, someone listening to the program today and saying, Well, you know, that sounds interesting. I I might wanna look into something like that. Uh the next question they should be asking themselves is if I found one of these undermanaged, motivated sellers, if I just, you know, I didn't even get any training, I just stumbled across one, how would I know what a good offer was? How would I how would I know what to what to even pay these people? Um, and, and again, I know you don't have your whiteboard. You're not, you know, people can't see us. It's, it's real hard yeah. to do a lot of math on the radio. But mm-hmm. can, can you give us just a, a, a brief description of, of how these things are evaluated?
0: Sure. Well, South um, storage is no different than uh, other forms of commercial real estate. And commercial real estate is valued based upon a capitalization rate or a cap rate for short. Most everybody is familiar with that. And uh, for easy math, uh, the cap rate is figured by taking your, your net operating income. It's all based on the income. We're, we're evaluating these facilities based upon the cash flow, not upon a comp. You can't really find a comp for a self-storage facility around the corner that's going to be the same. So it's based upon the net operating income, which is your income minus your expenses, divided by the asking price. So if a facility is bringing in $100,000 a year in net operating income, and the seller is asking a million dollars for it, then it's a 10% cap rate deal. And what you do is then measure that against the market cap rate, and that's easy to go out to any commercial site in your area to see what self-storage facilities are selling for in your market. And if they're selling at an 8% cap rate or a 9% cap rate, that's the return, and you're able to negotiate to a 10% cap rate, like in that example, that is a good thing because it's a higher rate of return. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could go further, but I think we should probably keep it it simple and keep it to that.
1: (laughs) Yes, and I'm going to assume, although I myself have never pursued self-storage facilities as a potential investment, that just as in apartments or houses or mobile homes or whatever, ideally... What we'd like to do is find a distressed property. Maybe it's only sixty percent rented. Maybe mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. there might be some issues with. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot can go wrong with a concrete building with mm-hmm. a metal roof. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe 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 it's it's twenty five years old and the metal roof is leaking in a couple of places and you can't use those units right now. So, mm-hmm. with some improvements, the the income could be brought way up. So, in other words, the don't wanters is that what we're Mm -hmm. pursuing.
0: Well, first of all, Vina, you bring up a good point because, uh, you know, you and I have been talking about this for years now, and we've got to do something about getting you into (laughs) this uh, asset class, and uh, we'll discuss that a little bit more uh, when I get over there to Ohio. But, uh, yes, um, I'm a junker at heart, always been, you know, I used to pick up bikes as a kid and sell them, and then cars, and then houses and apartments, and and with storage, I found that they're just minimal because yeah, it may be if it's a first generation property that is a really old, we may have to replace that steel roof. But those things last fifty years. Uh, it's more more along the lines of just looking at something that uh, either hey, it, it does have occupancy issues. It's only at sixty percent occupancy. Maybe the curb appeal looks really bad. You know, the folks that own it, they just you know, even though it's the easiest business to manage, they just they're just tired or they just don't you know have the wherewithal to do with it any longer. So we'll fix the curb appeal, we'll fix the branding, we'll put up a website where they don't have one. Uh, Most of the mom and pops, you ask them what their marketing plan is, and they'll say, well, we got an ad in the yellow pages, and we got the sign out front, it's a busy road, and you know what, we're pretty happy at 70% occupancy. I said, well, okay, you told me a little bit about your advertising, but what's your marketing plan? And I get the the proverbial deer in the headlights. And so (laughs) that's where we can make an effect. And people that look in the phone book, for storage anymore, people don 't look in the phone book for anything anymore, those things are going by the wayside really quickly here, and people look on the web and so you know we have a strategy to get all eyeballs on our facility and dominate our local market on the web and that 's how we 're able to change and turn these things around in addition to all those other areas that uh, that we just discussed there's just we look for those opportunities where we can add value and add income and reduce expenses mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and that I assume is where you get into deals that you could actually. Buy, buy very cheaply because the net income isn't very high right now, mm-hmm. bring that net income up, and then resell mm-hmm. them at a, mm-hmm. I would assume, significant, sometimes, profit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, um, well, that's the business model that we follow. We found that that is, um, if you pencil that out, that is the model that is uh, the quickest way to wealth. And the good thing about commercial real estate, you know, using that formula that I gave you earlier with the cap rate, you know, all you need to do is, you know, if you increase your income uh, or decrease your expenses so that you're, you're somehow that your net operating income has gone up by $10,000 per year, well, at a 10% cap rate, you've just added $100,000 in value to your facility. So just by adding some truck rental, leasing up some more units by putting up a website, you know, reducing your management costs by putting in a kiosk, a machine to manage it, instead of having to pay a person to be there, all of a sudden these, these incremental changes add up really quickly and then when you um again you apply that cap rate when it comes time to value it and sell it then uh, that's when you begin to put the bigger dollars in your pocket without having to do much work
1: mm-hmm. you're listening to real life real estate investing if you have a question about self-storage investing seven seven two nine six five eight in the greater cincinnati area if you're listening to us from somewhere out in the world wide web you can call us toll free at eight seven 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 two nine six five eight Or you can do as Linda in Long Island did and send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor E-N-A at gmail.com. Now, um, Scott, Linda's question, I think, has to do with the fact that Linda lives in Long Island. She she says, I have been looking at commercial real estate. I have a commercial real estate broker who brings me deals from time to time. All of the self-storage facilities that I have seen in my area have a cap rate closer to four than to ten. Suggestions. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, hi, Linda. Short of moving to the Midwest, um, there are an awful lot of folks that uh, are are East Coast and our West Coast investors, uh, the folks that are in California, the folks that are in New York, there are deals in your backyard they're not usually brought to you by brokers those are deals where you have to do the legwork you have to send out the mailers you have to get out on the ground and uh, work with those owners and, and and strike a deal with the mom and pops yourself beyond that then yeah there are other markets to invest in that have more favorable cap rates than, uh, than what you just spoke of and you know again don't overlook your backyard. You you just kind of scratch the surface if you're just looking at the things that are listed by the brokers. You do need to do a little bit more work on that. But what one of the things that was uh, uh, revelations that came to me as I wrap my head around this this business once I got into it is that you know what I don't have to be in my backyard if I don't want to because the reason why I always want to invest in my backyard and everybody says to is because well you need to keep an eye on the property right. You need to see what kind of damage the tenants are doing. You got to meet contractors over there when they move out, or you're a victim. You have to meet the police over there from time to time. The health department to handle the mold claims. Um, you know, you name it. But you know, we don't have any tenants or toilets or trash. We just got these metal boxes on concrete. You know, <laughs> all enclosed by fence on a concrete or a gravel pad. And so we can have somebody manage that for us remotely, and they can send some digital pictures once in a while, and we'll monitor the rest via the web and, and handle everything from there. So it is, um, you know, it, it is the asset class that uh, when, you know, the nation is your oyster when it comes to storage because you can invest in other places without having to worry about an intensive management or just keeping an eye on things or having it fall apart.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you would you would know this better than I, but I I believe that um, the the student of yours who's speaking at Cincinnati REA tomorrow evening, mm-hmm. Dave Manka, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't I don't believe that either of his two units are even in the state of Ohio where he currently lives
0: no no they're not um you know david's examples are um, are our textbook um because he is not in the business full time he bought properties that are self sustaining he's going to create a little bit of value in those he put the key up in to manage them and neither of them are in the state in which he lives in and and once he moves here coming up very soon they're going to be several states away but there's he's not planning on selling anytime soon cuz he's going to run it the same way he's running it right now um, I've got facilities that are that were two hours away from my home, and, and I, once a year, perhaps, would visit those just because I didn't get into my path of travel, and I didn't really necessarily need to. I don't recommend that, but uh, it, there was just really not a whole lot of need to. So it, it, is, it is an asset class that you can manage remotely very, very simply.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One more call for questions from the audience. This is going to be your your chance this year to talk to a self-storage expert here on Real Life Real Estate. 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area. 877-772-9658 from any place in the United States. Or askvina at gmail.com from anywhere in the world. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest is Scott Myers. Scott is going to be doing an all-day class at the 2012 OREA National New Strategy Summit here in Cincinnati. Until they manage to pull it down later tonight, you can come to Scott's all-day session. And the three following days, which uh, feature 14 speakers from all over the United States on all kinds of cool topics, By going to wmkvfm.org and pledging $158, which is like half what everybody else is is paying. Um, Just a little bonus for those of you who bother to tune in today, because the ones who hear the podcast on iTunes later are going to go there and they're going to be like, oh, it's not there anymore. Too bad. Thank you for tuning in today. There's your presence. 772 <laughs> or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. 772 9658. And the numbers to call with any questions about self storage investing. You can also uh, send the question to askvina at gmail.com. Um, Scott, I just forwarded you a question from a fellow named John who has a property he's looking at in Connecticut and is looking mm-hmm. for someone to partner with. So,
0: okay, fantastic.
1: Sent that over to you. And, um, Appreciate that you know we we try to we try to expose people to a wide variety of different um strategies here on real life real uh-huh. estate and uh one of the things that that I've noticed after doing this for sixteen years is that everybody who comes on here and has a has a passion for a particular strategy or property type uh-huh. uh really has a passion for it and uh-huh. and uh, you know you could get very confused listening to all the different people saying this one is the best this one is the best this one is uh-huh. the best. So one of the things that I always like to spring up on my guests um toward the end of the show when they're when their defenses are down is w- w- what could go wrong? What are what are the challenges of investing in self storage? I, I imagine that uh just as with an apartment building or something um people cannot pay you, right?
0: Well, that is that is one. However, um I'll address that this way in that um you know <laughs> That that's probably the reason why I have uh, stayed in self-storage and sold everything else off and, is because in self-storage, we have the protection of the lien laws, not the non-protection of the eviction laws like we have in habitational real estate. So the difference is this. When somebody doesn't pay me and they're behind the rent in self-storage, by the sixth of the month, is our policy in our lease states, we lock them out. So we, we take their gate code out of the gate, that, or actually the software does it automatically. They can't get in. Their gate code won't work. And then we get to put these big red round disc locks on their individual unit, on their door. So there's, there's a place for two locks on the doors, one for theirs, one for ours. And so we lock them out. And they can't get in, can't get their stuff until they come into the office or go to the kiosk and pay, along with their late fees. So once again, by the way, I get 100% of my late fees. And if they don't, then the lien law in every state is just a little bit different, but roughly the same in all 50 states process is 90 days, last 90 days at the most, and we send a certified letter letting them know that if they don't pay us, we're going to auction your stuff off, and here's the code in the state of Texas, Florida, Indiana, Michigan that says that we can do so. And then we send another notice, and then we send a public notice out uh, a few days before the auction, and then we hold the auction, and uh, as many people have seen on Storage Wars or Auction Hunters, yes, we, we, we sell their stuff off to recoup our back rent and late fees. And in many cases, we get up to and including the amount that was owed on that unit and back rent and late fees, and in some cases, it's even more. We don't get to keep that. We have to give it, uh, send it to the last known name and address of the client, and if it comes back, we have to give it to the state. But, gosh, in those cases, if I've gotten almost all of it or if I've even gotten more than what was owed to me, i I got to tell you, Mina, that, that, that beats the days uh, of when I was a landlord and I'd go to a small claims court when somebody owed me thirteen, fifteen, two thousand $2,000 for, you know, Non-payment of rent and <laughs> destroying the, the the place, I'd walk out with a little pink piece of paper and a or a yellow piece of paper, depending upon what court I was in, with almost no ability to collect rent. So that that is the beauty of of this side. But you want a downside. What are, what are the downsides? So you know, when we got into the business, uh, one of them is that you know what, a uh, hundred thousand, twenty thousand, five hundred thousand buys a whole lot more units, and so there's a whole lot more units to keep track of from an accounts receivable standpoint. So we we've implemented technology with the kiosks and the property management software, and that helps. But uh, the managers do have to keep up on the lien laws and keeping track of all those folks. That is a process that if you if you mess it up, and you sell the wrong unit, you're going to find yourself in court yourself. <laughs> you to be in a little bit of a trouble. So those are the the the, the two places where uh, I think is the, the biggest downside is that uh, you know a there's a whole lot more to keep track of, and b you open yourself up to liability in in, in that whole auction process. Uh, Beyond that, uh, yeah, I'm passionate. I'm pretty fired up. But I, 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 you know, people that that's a common question I get all the time. And I really have to struggle to think of, you know, the the downside of this versus everything else that I invested in. And I invested in everything. I had retail strip centers, parking lots, warehouses, houses, apartments, office buildings. I I, I basically did it all with the exception of uh, a mobile home park. And, well, we won't go there. (laughs) So uh, that's uh, those are the two that I can think of off the top of my head.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So <clears throat> excuse me. Go got to love live radio when you get a frog in your throat. Um first of all, I, I, I have to ask, have you ever had someone leave like a classic BMW motorcycle or a like yeah. celebrities <laughs> celebrities, you know, entire you know, all all their stuff like like on T V in those? Yeah.
0: Not not a whole lot of celebrities living in uh, Indianapolis. <laughs> if I own facilities in Hollywood you get to some of those from time to time and uh no, we've, um, you know, we we once again have to sell that off. We have we have the right to be able to buy those ourselves, and so uh, we we did do that at one point. Uh, it was a contractor that um, that left, and and it was uh, several thousand dollars. Uh, we made we made about five thousand dollars having our manager sell the, the tools and equipment off on that one. Now there is a story about um, uh, there was a gentleman who owned the facility before we bought it that uh, the gentleman left a, a very extensive coin collection in there. He uh, died, and uh, they could try to get in touch with him, couldn't find his heirs, and it went to auction, and um, the person who bought it found himself um, uh, just shy of a million dollars worth of coins in this <laughs> unit. I don't know how much he paid for it. I don't think he knew what was in it. I know he didn't pay 800000 for this unit at mm-hmm. auction, um, but... There's a, you know, there are stories out there if uh, if you keep an eye out for those, and I watch them from time to time. But I, it, it hasn't happened to me. I'm still waiting for that one. But uh, that's not why I got into the business. That's just a bonus.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's sweet, but not a business strategy. Unfortunately, <laughs> Correct. Yeah, correct.
0: Yeah, yeah, akin to the lottery. <laughs>
1: Okay, so basically, someone who is interested in pursuing this strategy further, and mm-hmm. um, who for whatever reason did not go to wmkvfm.org and just sign up for the Oria National Strategy Summit and just come see you all day, mm-hmm. would need would need to be getting educated along the lines of how to find the deals. you You mm-hmm. mentioned that you mentioned that you do mailings to to, mm-hmm. to owners uh, so mm-hmm. finding lists of those owners and what do I say to them that's <laughs> going to make them actually pick up the phone and call me uh, certainly evaluating the properties because if self storage is anything like apartments you're not always given the realistic numbers (sighs) are you serious to buy (laughs) (laughs) they they give you what's called a pro forma although they don't Uh, tell you that's what it is this Uh, is
0: pretend yeah yes
1: this this is this is what we would be making if anyone was actually paying us (laughs) and we were 100% full right and 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 taking into account I'm sure things like um, uh, although the buildings themselves are fairly simple they are going to be on a lot the lot will require reserves You know, Mm -hmm. because you're going to have to repave it every so often. You're going to have to replace Mm -hmm. the roof every so often, all those sorts of things. So learning how to evaluate the property, um, learning who out there has good financing programs Mm -hmm. for self-storage. And also, I know that Mm -hmm. uh, some of your deals uh, these days are being done through private placements and private money of various sorts. Uh, mm Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: the bulk of our deals are done um, either with a portion of or a hundred percent with with private money. That uh, there's a lot of deals out there that uh, that are either not cash flowing or very little cash flow that can't be financed. And quite honestly, those are the the, the ones that are really good uh, fixer upper value adds. And so we're going out and paying cash for those, and uh, yeah, really uh, reaping some big returns for ourselves and our investors.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So finding financing, evaluating, uh, managing. Would be mm-hmm. another area that these folks would need to get some education in. Although the the management, man, basic management sounds fairly simple, but but really the mm-hmm. add-ons. You know how what are what are the, what are the other ten ways that I can make money off of this thing and that raise the value, and then mm-hmm. uh, ultimately if that's the goal, uh, how to how to get them back on the market and sell them and not just wait for someone to write you a letter. You got
0: it. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Alright, very good. So that should give our folks some idea of um, some of the pros and cons and how to get further educated. Again, if you'd like to just, you know, skip doing all the research yourself and come to the 2012 OREA convention. Scott will be there all day on Thursday, November the 8th. And you can sign up right now with a pledge to WMKV by going to wmkvfm.org. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.